This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. I'm uh, looking at the cover right now of Dr. Leroy Husingay's new book. It's entitled, Behold the Christ Proclaiming the Gospel of Matthew. I'm looking here at Amazon. Dr. Leroy Husingay is my guest. He is a professor at the University of Mary in Bismarck, the author of the uh, latest, his latest book entitled Behold the Christ, Proclaiming the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Leroy, I once had a woman ask me after Mass, we read Luke's Gospel with the Our Father, and then she came out of Mass and asked me why our Our Father in Mass is different. And actually, I knew the answer. Um, you know, we we as clergy, it's kind of a uh, you know uh, occupational hazard. You know, we always answer, but I actually knew the answer, and I said it's because when the church has scripture in its um, its uh, lexorandi, uh, it usually defers to Matthew. That is is that accurate? Oh, it's most certainly accurate. Um, Matthew's Gospel has been the Church's favorite Gospel since its writing. Um, that's part of the reason it comes first in the New Testament. It's not the only reason. Uh, historically, the Church also thought St. Matthew, the Apostle, wrote it and wrote it first, maybe as early as 50, 55 AD. Um, but it comes first not just for those historical apostolic reasons, but because it's so useful, really. It's Matthew that has, you know, every single doctrine that shows up in the Apostles in the Nicene Creed. Like, there's things that Mark doesn't have. Mark doesn't have the virgin birth, doesn't have a bunch of resurrection appearances. Uh, Matthew has that. Uh, further, it's user-friendly, right? Jesus gives a ton of teaching in it, and it's easy to understand, it's easy to teach, and you kind of do it or you don't. Um you know, Mark is kind of mysterious. John's Gospel is way more mysterious than people think, uh, a little less user-friendly. You know, so for those reasons, I think Matthew uh, made itself the most important Gospel among the four. And uh, so getting back to your, to your book on, on, on Matthew, um, what kind of audience is your, is your target for your book? Yeah, I think that's important to talk about. This isn't a formal commentary. Anybody that's opened up a commentary is usually greeted by 10-point type and half the page is footnotes, and there's all kinds of language in there, and half of it's in German or Latin or something. Uh, that's what we do. You know, this is not that. I, You know, this isn't even published as an academic press. The Mayus Road is more of a popular press. They have an academic side, but this is on the popular side of Mayus Road. Um, I don't deal with every issue. There's some footnotes, but they're not necessary to read. I intended this to be something your average, you know, educated math workers pick up and use as a companion to the daily reading, and that your hardworking priest who finds himself with too little time for homily preparation, you know, could read and get a quick feed on the, you know, the gospel's meaning for a given day. So I'd like to think eminently readable, um, about 100,000 words. Most commentaries on Mass are running to 400,000 words. So uh, I kept it as short as I thought possible to justice the Mass story. Uh, let, let me throw this out. 
Uh, let's, mm-hmm. talk, let's talk about the genealogy and uh, oh, sure. uh, the Christmas Eve Mass, the, the Vigil Mass. Um, I always like it read. Um, often people start to um, doze or zone out. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I started to think about presents and stuff like that. Why should people take this genealogy in and um, summarize again why, why this is so vital for us to begin the Christmas season? Sure. I mean, starting with the, uh, the negatives, I mean, there's a reason why the genealogy is hard for us to appreciate. You know, first of all, it's in Aramaic, you know, kind of true. And, you know, most of us in Western North Dakota, you know, are European, Germanic, you know, we just, those names just mean nothing to us. Uh, second, you know, living in the modern world where the average family moves once every five years, we're cut off from our roots. We're cut off from families. You know, we don't take ancestors, you know, as, as seriously as we used to. I mean, you know, most kids might see their grandparents, you know, once a year when they travel across the country for Christmas or something. Um, so genealogies just don't make sense to us because we're, we're modern people. But until very recently in human history, you were defined uh, by who your ancestors were, who your grandparents were, right? You know, and people want to know who you were, they'd ask, you know, like you still say down south, you know, who's your daddy, right? And that will tell them a lot about you, depending on who your father Now, every name in that genealogy is an implicit story. And there's a reason why Matthew includes every single name of that genealogy. You could preach, you know, two years worth of homily just on that genealogy. Every name involves a story. Um, the genealogy, most broadly, uh, is divided into three sections of 14 because, you know, wait for it, Matthew is trying to present Jesus as the Davidic Messiah, the Messiah standing in the line of David, and David's name in Hebrew has three consonants, value equals 14. So he's also doing some really interesting stuff that made sense to ancient Jews with a number. Um, and again, it's important to recognize that Matthew's genealogy uh, is designed to present Jesus as a Jew, right? Matthew's whole gospel presents us as very Jewish Jesus. And so Matthew's genealogy begins with Abraham, who Jews regarded as the first Jew, right? Whereas to compare Luke's genealogy, Luke goes all the way back to Adam. Luke is a much more universal gospel, much more interested in Gentiles and that sort of thing. Matthew's gospel starts with Abraham, much more interested in Jews. Fascinating. Um... Leroy, what else do we need to know about your book uh, as we wrap up our conversation with you regarding your new book on the Gospel of Matthew? Well, I poured my heart and soul into it. I mean, you know, some of my academic buddies, you know, they really like writing articles that maybe 10 people will read and, you know, books that'll be maybe 200 copies for the library. You know, they're kind of nerds that way, and that's fine. I love my nerdy friends. You know, but I've always been much more about serving the church and, you know, kind of being uh, someone who's active and trying to further the church's mission directly. And so when I wrote this, I'm like, I 
so hope, you know, priests read this and it helps their preaching and mass words this and it helps their understanding love of Holy Scripture and that's ultimately Jesus. So if people picked up a copy, you know, I think it'd really help them understand Matthew and, you know, nourish their souls thereby. Uh, and you touched on it once before when you were presenting in our new priest workshop here in the Diocese of Bismarck. Touch, touch briefly as we close here how, how St. Matthew's Gospel presents uh, our Lord uh, and, and the Church, founding the Church, what it is, yeah. what he expects from it. Yeah, so Jesus comes, you know, as God on earth to continue Israel's mission of salvation to the entire world, or seen in the Old Testament, right? You know, but, you know, the Jewish leadership in Matthew doesn't respond very well, so Jesus turns around and founds the Church of the New Israel, right? Twelve apostles, because there were twelve tribes, and now his Church is going to continue Israel's mission in the world. And so the Church is founded, Israel is God's own community, and as it goes to save not only the Jews, but the world, it goes forth proclaiming Jesus' message and bearing forth his Eucharist. That's very, very fascinating. And that this, again, is all in your book, and I'm looking at it right here on Amazon. And it's named, Behold the Christ, Proclaiming the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, and I look forward to uh, maybe having you in uh, soon again to the priest of the Diocese of Bismarck. And I know you've also given conferences in the upper Midwest here. Dr. Leroy Husingay from the University of Mary, thank you for uh, being our guest today. Thanks so much for having me. And we'll talk to you again, and good luck fishing. Send me some pics, all right? You still got my cell phone. Will do. All right. All the best. You know, whenever he talks about Scripture, I'm, I'm reminded how much I don't know about Scripture. And he, he, he always opens my, my mind, which opens my heart in a new way, as to how this gospel is different from that gospel and what this gospel means, and it's fascinating. And I always learn so much from Dr. Leroy Husingay, and you will, uh, if you read his new book entitled Behold the Christ Proclaiming the Gospel of Matthew. Remember, his audience is not uh, the, the academic world. It's, uh, it's, uh, for, it's for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a theologian. I've studied theology, and I have a degree, and I'm a priest, so pick it up. Behold the Christ, proclaiming the gospel of Matthew. I'm looking at it right here on Amazon, and it's going to be a good read. And uh, I want to thank him for being a guest, and we'll bring him back. I can talk to him uh, again and again and again about his, his knowledge and how he breaks it down for you. In, in a very uh, in a very good way, Dr. Leroy Husingay from the University of Mary. Uh, I want to thank him for being for being our, our guest. Coming up as we move into forty five minutes past the hour, wherever you are, uh, we're going to have a conversation with Father Mark Ani. We're going to talk about a few more things here, but he has an interesting story. I ask that he kind of be on the show in the eleventh hour here because it's uh, it's a story for all of us to remember in our lives. And uh, we'll be back in just one moment.
Here's a special programming note. On Friday, we'll be close to celebrate the 4th of July. As we gather with family and friends this Independence Day weekend, we'll bring you some special programming. At 5 a.m. Central, we'll bring you the Sunrise Morning Show. This will be followed by Morning Glory at 6 and the Daily Mass at 7. At 9 a.m., it's the best of Real Presence Live. Finally, at 9 p.m., instead of the Mass, it'll be the Encore of Open Line. We hope you have a great 4th of July celebration. I, th- I believe I was 10 years of age, and uh, we, we were poor as church mice. We lived on a farm, never went anywhere. Had no money, literally. And uh, my oldest sister graduated from college, got a teaching job, got a little money, and she took half a dozen of us kids. We're, I'm one of 14. And we took a few of us to the movie in a little town of Foreman, North Dakota. It happened to be The Miracle of Fatima, a Warner Brothers film. And I saw that, and it, just, it blew me away right on the spot. I thought, God thinks enough of us to send his mother to teach us and talk to us. And I've never forgotten that. And Our Lady has carried me through thick and thin. Um, I, I trust my life to her, and, and um, without her, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be here. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. We hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Uh, This is the RPR Network, and uh, we're, uh, we're glad you're listening. And... We're glad you're supporting Real Presence Radio and uh, continue to pray for our mission here at Real Presence Radio, as well as our country of the United States as we near our nation's birthday, so to speak, the 4th of July. Uh, It was actually the beginning of a seven-year war, uh, but it is our declaration. Remember, what we're celebrating is the idea of our freedom, uh, but all the work, all the war, all the uh, boots on the ground, so to speak, and exchange of ideas needed to happen before our Constitution, uh, which came 11 years later. So uh, we think of our history, and we are proud to be a part of it today. Don't think that the Declaration of Independence was something long ago. It's something that is being worked out today in this experiment that they call the United States of America, and we pray for our country. And uh, it's one of my favorite holidays. We have, as our last guest here today, uh, my name is Monsignor Schumacher, and we're coming to you live from the Church of Corpus Christi. Um, I have Father Mark Ani with me. And uh, Father Ani is a Bismarck native. He already has spoken briefly on the air. Corpus Christi is his church but he has an interesting story that I want to lay out. Um, and and the, the point of this is not for, for late vocations to become a priest. 
the point is you can have a late vocation for anything. That's correct. For Father Mark Ani's story is that don't, don't think you're too late in life to do anything. Yes. And, and you chose the priesthood. So uh, you, uh, you that, that, that's, let's get to it here, okay? You're, you're, you're from um, Bismarck. You're from Corpus Christi. But you moved to Phoenix, Arizona uh, as a physical therapist. Yes. You're a highly professional. You were successful in your own business there. Uh, that, that's, let's start there, and then let's work our way to where you're sitting right now in your chair at Corpus Christi. You're down in Phoenix. You're a physical therapist. You have your own business. What happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, myself, like a lot of society, sadly, is very driven. I was very driven in my career as a physical therapist. My whole life was work. You know, we have, we sadly have American society that's very materialistic, that's very me-centered, and I was a part of that. You know, my whole life was my business, was my work, and my toys, you know. And, and you know, I lived so much like a lot of Americans. You're successful if you have this house, you have this car, you have these things. That's what defines who you are as far as secular society today. And I was wrapped up and caught up in that. And I think a turning point for me was uh, my mother was diagnosed with lung cancer. And being in the medical profession, I knew a couple, two to three years she'd probably be passed away. And so it made me reflect and step back and say, what is important in my life? First God, then my family. And so I, I started to shift my priorities from work, work, work to getting involved in my church. And, um, and then I, I was coming back basically every month for over a year to spend time with my, my parents because I knew the inevitable would come. In the last actually six months of her life, I did come back and took care of her so that she could die at home. So um, your mother's diagnosis... Mm-hmm. As as hard as that is, right? Was it also a grace moment for all of you? It absolutely was. You know. So tell us now how that event and your coming back to North Dakota had you brought you to begin to discern the priesthood. Yeah. Well, from that, you know, I became more involved in my church, but I had an experience where the Lord came to me. Well, God came to me in the form of a funnel cloud in my bedroom. I was struck like by lightning. It was a sensation. I sat up in bed and had this telepathy conversation with God. And he's, his last words to me were, he's evangelized my people. So I meditated that on, on that for daily, for months on end. And then slowly whispers would come to me as I went to adoration or went to, to daily mass and he would say, like, I expect more from you. You have more to offer. Um, I will not lead you where I will not sustain you. Trust in me. And then I actually was listening to Catholic radio in Phoenix. And there was, a, uh, there, you know, I kept saying, I'm too old. I'm too old. This, you know, thinking it's a life change, a midlife crisis. And there was a show on talking about older vocations to the priesthood. And I just was flabbergasted by 
So you, you speak about this experience often, openly, and with confidence. I don't right. talk about it often because I don't want people thinking I'm crazy. Yeah, because because well, <laughs> it, because it, it, you 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 do sound crazy. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it, it sounds it sounds ridiculous. It sounds um, uh, un, unreal, mm-hmm. but but you're you're convinced of it, of course. Absolutely, and and my friends thought it was crazy, you know, when I shared with them in Phoenix that I was going to pursue the priesthood because I had it all in their eyes. I had the lifestyle that most people would give their eye teeth for. You know, I, I could do what I want. Money and, wasn't a means. And you gave it all up. And I gave it all up and walked away. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. And the Lord really worked. And I prayed about it. I didn't, this isn't an overnight decision. I prayed about it for a couple of years to make sure I wasn't making a midlife crisis situation. But he kept um, showing me and, and, and guiding me, and, and the, the desire just kept growing with me, in me. And, you know, in 08, 09 was a depression in Phoenix. We were hit hard with the housing. And when I came and was accepted by the Bismarck Diocese, my house sold in two weeks, and it was a high-end house. Um, you know, so everything, my business, everything fell into place. I, I closed on my house Easter Monday, and I came back to, to the Bismarck Diocese. So you said, yes, I'm going to give it all. And our Lord promises that when we do that, He will be with us. So there was a lot of consolation. A lot of when peace. You, when you walked peace. away. A lot Absolute of peace, peace. Which you didn't have in, in the rat race. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great peace and great joy. Was, is what I can explain. And, you know, that's what we're all seeking. Sadly, so many in society are seeking it through things instead of through God. And now you're an older vocation going to seminary with kids, basically. Absolutely. Some of them were, could, could be your my, son. My, absolutely. And what, what was that like trying to, you know, because you, you lose a concentrating edge. I, I've been out of school. You know, if you, that, that must have been a challenge for you. What, what, what was your greatest challenge in, in seminary and, and all of that? My first year academics. Because, again, you have, have to take notes with a critical ear. You can't write down everything. Again, writing papers, physical therapies, more presentations than papers, and then exams. So the first year was difficult, but I hung on to the words, I will not lead you where I will not sustain you. And he gave me great peace and consolation, and I had the gift of a holy hour, and more than that, a day. And that just kept affirming my vocation within me, and Jesus carried me a lot. Because I said, hold my hand and hold it tight. Father Marconi is an ordained priest now, gave it all up. You can, you can share his ministry here at Corpus Christi in Bismarck, the Church of Corpus Christi. He wants to enter into your life, and I'm confident that he will. And he will continue to, and it's a great story. Father, thank you for being, you're, you're my parochial vicar here at Corpus Christi, and I'm, I'm looking forward to our year together, and hopefully many. Me as well. Thank, uh, good, powerful story, and we're going to turn it over now to the technical director. I think that's Eli for our that's next me. show. Eli, let us know what's coming up on the next Real Presence Live. Thanks, Monsignor. Here's what's coming up on our next Real Presence Live. Well, I, sh- I should clarify, it's not our next Real Presence Live because tomorrow morning we're running uh, the best of Real Presence Live. So you'll want to tune in for that at from. 9 to 11 a.m. Central for the best of some of the segments that we really liked from some of our past shows. We pulled them out and you get to listen to them tomorrow. But our next live Real Presence Live 
is on Monday, and that's going to be hosted by Brad Gray and Janine Bitson coming to you from our Fargo studio. They'll visit with Father Peter Angel of the Diocese of Fargo about defending ourselves from the four common attacks of the devil, plus Bishop Donald DeGroote of the Diocese of Sioux Falls on dealing with the turmoil we live in as children of God, and Father Tad Beholchek of the University of Mary and the National Catholic Bioethics Center about holding vaccine development to the highest ethical standards. That's all coming up on Monday's Real Presence Live, and of course you'll want to tune in for the tomorrow best of Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, am I making the best, Eli? I, uh, I, you could I, be honest. You know, I'm not, sure, uh, I, I'm not sure what's, uh, what's in safe, there and what's that's not. That's a safe answer. But there's a, uh, there's a very right. distinct possibility that, uh, that that's, some of your segments You know, you could be a good politician. <laughs> and you, you'd be an even better politician if you could say that answer for four more minutes and still not answer the question. <laughs> so, <laughs> but hey, uh, I, I wish everybody a good uh, Fourth of July. Uh, I want to thank Mike Kudrowski here. And I want to thank Father Marconi. Uh, we're, we've been live here at the uh, Church of Corpus Christi. I want to thank Tracy Kraft, who finally brought us coffee uh, <laughs> after Michael was just pushing several hundred <laughs> calorie donuts in our face. But it's been a great morning here, and we have a. Uh, this is a great time of the year. Don't get down. Don't get down. And remember, there's never been a golden age. All right. Uh, so we're happy to be Americans, and this week we're, we're uh, honored, and we pray uh, for all who have given their life for us to celebrate the freedoms we have today. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting Real Presence Radio. I will be back to you soon. I wish you all a very good 4th of July week. God bless you all. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.